Cheers. We did say cheers already. I'm saying it again. Okay, cheers. Episode one. Launched episode four in the making. I think we're ready to start. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode four of the All Time Pod. Very good. Very big day for us. Yeah. Because uh, you're listening to episode four. We just launched episode one. So we're banking these uh, as we go. Just to give ourselves a bit of wiggle room to work. Um, let's let's really jump into a question I'm going to ask you. Hmm. What did you think of the new Schoolboy Q Crash Talk album? Oh, that's how we're starting the the launch date episode. Yeah, I need to I need to know your opinion because I sat with it for a good five days, going on six, and I want to know your opinion before I say what I need to say. I don't dislike it. Um, when you listen to the interviews and you hear what uh, he's been up to and, and how he put this album together, I think it, it, he did a good job at putting out what he wanted. Like he like he said, it's not like it's it's different. It's not the character. It's not the same character anymore. Um, it's it's good. I mean, I probably won't have it on my top ten at the end of the year, but. It's fine. He he took three years off around mm. for music, and he gave me this. Now, the two first songs, I'm going to give you the body of work, what the body of work is, okay? Okay. Two first songs. Not a song by song breakdown. No, but the two first songs. Start strong. Got me really excited, like, fuck. Mm. Okay, this is what I wanted. Chopstick. Featuring Travis Scott comes in and it's a bag of horse shit as a song. It doesn't fit the album. Uh, it, it, it felt like he tried way too hard. Yeah. Num Num Juice. Great song. Okay, I liked yeah. it. And then there's maybe three, max four more songs that, really, that I really enjoy. And then I find everything else is just, it doesn't fit. Uh, there's no structure to them. I have no idea what type of an album I'm listening to. I think it was just supposed to be like, um, I think it's just supposed to be taken lightly. I don't think it's supposed to be a concept or it's not the blind face thing. It's not, it's, it comes closest to oxymoron in his catalog, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's trying to be anything. I think it's just a record. It's just a, he might've made this for, to get newer fans, maybe. I don't know. I'm just... I'm not happy with it. Uh, the songs I like, I like. But down the line, this... It definitely won't make my top 10. Unless I magically end up falling in love with it. But it's not going to make my top 10. And I'm just... I'm not happy. Basically, I'm not happy. Yeah, you don't seem happy with it. No, but like... Schoolboy Q is probably one of my favorite MCs from... Not the new generation, but I would say since like 2010, along with Kendrick and all those guys. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting something to be like, fuck, this is great. This is good. I waited three years. Again, he's coming from the TDE camp. The TDE camp come out with strong projects. So for me, it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, there's something missing. There, there's like, and it, it might have to be with the structure. It might have to be with the featurings. Because when I look at the feature, I was just like, uh, whatever. Like, you want my opinion? Yeah. The TDE camp came out with strong projects. 
but I know we're making this list and, and, but we haven't given these projects time to live. They're current. So they're strong right now. Maybe TD is showing age with this album. Fucking. I, look, I hope not because I'm on board with it and I want more of it, but maybe it's just. Solid six on 10. Some days it's a 5.5. Whatever. I didn't give it a score. I'll be, I'll be fair in saying that I didn't listen to it enough to score it. Well, you know me with Schoolboy Q that like I'm, I'm on his projects. Like his albums have been number one on my lists for, for, for the top of the yeah, years and stuff get like on that. Board and so like, I don't know. It makes me sad, but. Might have to be sad about it. I mean, it makes me sad. I'm, I'm excited for certain artists to come out with albums and you wait long because everything that's coming out this year or in just in general, a rapper could put out five mixtapes a fucking year. And these guys are waiting three, two years. So you're like, Jesus, okay, I'm excited. When is this project coming out? And it comes mm-hmm. out and you're, you're like, meh, meh. So it's like, it's just like, fuck. Now I got to wait an extra two, three years to see what else you're going to do. Crash Talk, Schoolboy Q. Starting on a negative note. Yeah. <laughs> it was very hard for me to get ready for this episode. I wasn't in the mood to hear these albums. We've been real fucking busy. We've been busy and I saw Morrissey this week. So How the hell was that? It's It was a privilege for us because being in Canada, he hadn't come in forever. Think they said over 20 years. Jesus um, a privilege, but it it was really like seeing something that you never thought you'd get a chance to see. It wasn't. It was be. It was beyond just like seeing a show. That's cool. So it was kind of, and in the same week, uh, we posted on this on the website on our on our Instagram that the Cure's disintegration turned thirty. So I didn't want to listen to these ten albums this week. So I might be a little hard on them. Because I, I was wanting to hear other things. I've been really excited for this episode. Uh, duos is like yeah, we're talking duos today. It's it's really it's really something I really enjoy in hip hop, the back and forth between two artists. Uh, so like, it was really something for me to get back into and really relive some of these albums and. Let's start off with... Yeah, we'll start right away. Yeah. The first album on the list is 
most deaf in Talib Kweli are Black Star. We're switching it up this week. We're not going chronologically. Um, you'll see why. But the first album on the list is Black Star. Most deaf in Kweli. Uh, pretty much, I mean, not exclusively with high tech, but for the most part, working on high tech with this. Their solo albums were being prepared and they kind of put them on hold to work on this instead. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Um, this came out in 1998. Yeah, 98, because Most Def dropped his album 99, in 99. Yeah. And then you get Talib's Quality in 2002, his debut. Yeah, big time for, uh, for their solo careers to take off. Blackstar, uh, I think, again, it brings it to that duels thing, two MCs going back and forth. These two guys had a chemistry on this album. And they also, even though they had similar ways of, uh, they tackled, their, their music tackles similar themes. There's a clash when you hear them. They're not the same. They're very much two different artists. Um, I love the production on this album. Yeah, high tech. Who else do you have on this album? Uh, there's not many guests, but you do get a verse from Common. Um, That's actually my favorite song on the album. Oh, yeah, that song's, yeah. Respiration is amazing. 13 songs, 50 minutes, straight to the point. Two MCs at their top level. And it kind of opens the doors for what's next for these guys as well. Yeah. Um, we spoke a bit about it briefly in the first episode that we got a chance to see this. Live, yeah. When they reunited. There was talks when they were reuniting that there would be another album. This is one of those things I don't want anyone to touch. Ever. I don't life. want a second album. Ever in life. Leave it what it is. It's great as it is. A lot of people, when they talk about this, highlight the... Uh, children's story kind of not a you can't call it a cover it's really like a remake from most Def. stands out as one of the, the the highlights i guess of this album that and definition definitions yeah the the way it goes into redefinition and the way the beat switch ups mm -hmm. i think that is really really interesting and it wasn't being done a lot in hip-hop at this time where it transitioned into a Next, different song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a continuation mm -hmm. being done so well. High Tech really, really made an amazing production way with that. Yeah. Uh, B-Boys, Will Be B-Boys, amazing, most deaf song, the way he... His rhyme pattern in it, I really like a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I I would think that when they were recording that, that was really freestyle. It's possible. Uh, another highlight for me was uh, Brown Skin Lady. Oh, yeah. When Most Def sings? Yeah. Whenever Most Def sings, it's, it ends up being kind of a highlight for me. But, like, even, like, Yo Ya is, like, almost mainly instrumental. And I, I really do think that this is... Uh, near perfect album for me yeah and this came out in 98 when there was a lot of like that Jay-Z uh, Southern started to get popular yeah 
DMX started, mm-hmm. Big Pun, all these artists that had that image to them. And then you had Mostef and Talib Kweli, Black Star, mm-hmm. which was totally different. Yeah. It kind of opened the way for like that whole, I mean, we're talking also uh, four or five years later, but these were like the first guys to do that college dropout type thing. Mm-hmm. Like it pushed Common's career as well. Having been on the album and just having been able to take off on his own on the side, it really opened like for like that type of hip hop. And it the album is not really fully upbeat either. No. Each song kind of transitions into the next and really has that that pattern where you're listening to the album more for what they're saying mm-hmm. uh, and their subject matter uh, than anything else. Uh, really highlights them as MCs. Yeah. You're wanting more at the end of the album mm-hmm. to see what these guys could bring to the culture what these guys could bring to hip hop. Yeah. So I think it's uh it's it, it, it's a good it's a, it's definitely a good way to start off their careers. Yeah. What's next? Next we got um I think this was in uh like we said we're not going chronologically, we're going down the list alphabetically. Next we got another duo from Boston. From Boston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guru is from Boston. And Premiere. is from Houston. Hard to earn. 94. 94. Uh, guru from Boston. Moved mm-hmm. to New York. DJ Premier from Houston. Moved to New York. I had no idea till about five years ago where I really <laughs> dug into them. Uh, these two guys together, man, is like... Spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> like, hard to earn. DJ Premier's production, to me, is mm-hmm. top five all time. Production-wise. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. If, well, this is something I was going to say after another album later in the list. I'll come back to this topic when we get to that album. Guru's a great MC, but... This, I mean, I don't want to say it like that, but this is kind of something you listen to for the beats, for Premiere. Yeah, because Guru's flow is very, like, monotone. Monotone, yeah. Well, he was, he, he, he was very intelligent, but he didn't have... Um, he wasn't in your face with it. No, at all. Uh, he wasn't in your face with it, uh, but... When he was rapping, you were listening to him. You were listening to what he was saying. Yeah, it was like easy to understand compared to a yeah. lot of. Uh, he had a he had a, he had a good flow that really didn't change, but he was telling you if you were a bad MC. He was pointing the finger at fake MCs. He was letting you know uh, who he was and how good of an MC he was. Uh, he was also giving you pure storytelling. Uh, on this album which is phenomenal and the way he does it it, he he grabs your attention if he still has the same voice the same mono voice he grabs your attention that's a good characteristic of his yeah and with Premiere's production Mm -hmm. yeah the the, the Premiere is I mean from when Premiere started till Hard to Earn he got better with the album he got better with the albums 
uh, his sound became clearer, crispier. Uh, the beats that he was choosing, you saw it got better with time. It happens for a bunch yeah. of people. The way he chops is... Uh... But I think as of this album, this is when he really started... Okay, it's DJ Premier. This is the DJ Premier sound. This is the gangster sound. Mm -hmm. This is that boom bap hip hop. Uh, their past albums, I found that their sound kind of was different, but was still similar to other artists. When this album came out and when it was I started. Its own, yeah. yeah, it was his own. Uh, let's go right away into the second album yeah. that we have on our list. So the reason we did alphabetical was. I think pretty much for Gangstar, just to line them up, uh, Moment of Truth, number three on the list this week. M Moment of Truth for me, and when we started our friendship, was an <laughs> album that, you can laugh, it's fine. When we started our friendship and we started talking about hip-hop, is an album that I really told you to get into. Yeah, like when we started our friendship, I would tell you about the La Soul albums like yeah, I brought and I up on the groups. <laughs> And I never listened to you. Yeah. But again, when we started our friendship, getting back to my story, <laughs> is that I would push the Moment of Truth album on you. Yeah. And the Moment of Truth album, to me, is when I first started to listen to hip-hop. When mm -hmm. I first started to dig in more to, to hip-hop artist production, MCing. Yeah. And really stood out to me because of the lyrical content. Mm -hmm. uh, the year it came out in... 98 yeah and dj premier's fucking production just got better when we made the lists uh i had hard to earn on it yeah and i had step in the arena on it yeah because i liked the older raw sound you had hard to earn moment of truth and when we made the final cut step on the arena was on the outside for me and you brought moment of truth in so we agreed that hard to earn needed to be here I find that album just a touch better because when you do listen to Gangstar, like especially that moment of truth is an hour and 20 minutes of the same type of sound, production, rhymes. It's very, very long. Very long. But to me, it goes quickly because I'm so into uh, Guru storytelling. I'm so into the beats. Premiere just went next level. Mm. Scratching. Uh, that boom bap sound, the drums he uses, the samples he uses. He got, like, this is in his prime, next level production. Like I said, when I listen to Gangster, I listen to Premiere. Yeah. I'm not putting off what Guru, Guru was, was an incredible MC, but my, my draw to Gangstar is the beats, is the sound. I agree with you. And this album, that boom bap DJ Premier sounds, is it stands out like no other thing he's ever done. I find this is his best work production wise. Moment of truth. Moment of truth, best production. Uh, above the clouds will inspect the deck, mm -hmm. and the way Guru leads the song, and then inspect the deck comes yeah, into the song. Yeah, that's a great track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Till this day is something I can never get enough of as a song it's their most successful album i mean it makes sense that you would feel that way i mean it's great it's a great album i find it a little long the difference between moment of truth and hard hard to earn is this has more of a punch to it as an yeah, album yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. right yeah no, you're right. 
like like you said before, Guru's not really in your face, mm. but on this album, he's fucking in your face. Uh, the song, uh, what's the song with MOP, BI? Uh, one of those songs. Yeah, the yeah, one towards the end. Towards the, towards the end. That's the type of song that you put on and you just, your head explodes. Mm-hmm. The beat, the way they each appear on their song. It's like an anthem mm. and it's phenomenal. There's some crazy featurings too on this album. There's Scarface is on that. Uh, G Depp, uh, Big Shug, Freddie Fox. Casey and Jojo. That royalty song with Casey and Jojo, uh, R&B Next Level with DJ Premier. Mm. Uh, like when you think of it, and I'll end with this, you take DJ Premier making your beat. Mm. You take Guru's voice and you put Casey and Jojo on the hook. Fuck. To me, that was next level. Next album. Next album. Can we wear a... <laughs> <laughs> can we wear a, a fucking... What's, what are they wearing on the album cover? Are they goggles that they're wearing? I don't know what the fuck they are. <laughs> next album is an unusual one on the list. I've seen it on other lists. I'm always happy when I see it on the list. It deserves to be on a list. <laughs> and going back to this album, preparing for this album, preparing for this week, um, this was one of the better albums on this list to me this week. Please explain. <sighs> I mean, I guess it was a bit of a joke that turned real. Like when you like something as a joke that just turns real. Um, Helta Skelta, Nocturnal. Sean Price. Rest in peace, Sean Price. Uh, known as Ruck in this? Yeah. Uh, rock and Ruck. Rock and Ruck. Um, man. Sean Price stands out to me more than Rock. Yeah, yeah, well, but he, but yes, good. He was good. He was, he was really good. You could, you could see early on whose emceeing was better. Mm-hmm. But they were both very good. Yeah. Um, what I like about this album and any Sean Price album, well, future Sean Price albums were um, meant to be funny. Like there was no. The there was nothing lines. to yeah it was all punchline <laughs> it was all funny and it was meant to be i like that this doesn't take itself seriously and from where it's coming um you wouldn't expect that part of bootcamp click uh this album came out after a bunch of the them. shining after black moon yeah so there was kind of like they were guys that took their craft seriously these guys were just having fun with it and I'll go out and say this is my favorite from those guys, from the bootcamp click. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. You're right about it being funny. Uh, the La Flair, La Flar, the song is fucking hilarious. The music video to that song is just stupid funny. The Sean Price song on the album stands out so well, it's so funny. You don't hear a different side from Sean Price because he, he turned into a different MC down the line. Yeah, like later on it was more um, 
comedic, like we said. But you could tell that these guys were going in and just having fun with their music. And it was, these were underground artists. Helter yeah. Skelter were underground and they were bringing something different to the underground mm -hmm. sound. And again, they're from the bootcamp click sound. So they had that boom bap, uh, they had the DJ Evil D production, but they were really doing it their way. And it was dark as well. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Like even just like the Vault of the Theme Nocturnal was the point, but. It's very underrated in the Bootcamp Click albums. Yeah, well, I think, well, it's very underrated in hip hop in general. I mean, but I'd say like most of those guys are. I know we spoke about Black Moon when we did groups and I was saying how maybe for me it wasn't my favorite on the, on the list, but. Um, even when you talk about like Smith and Wesson, it's not something many, like, unless you know hip hop and know catalog. And like we did again, like when we did the main source episode, it's not something that, that an average person knows about the average listener knows about. No, you got to really dig in. It's like when it's you... not underground anymore, but it's still somewhat, but it's like, this is a type of artist. When you don't want to listen to that commercial rapper, what's being thrown at you, you go look for. Smith and Wesson, Helter uh, Skelter, yeah. Black Moon. It 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 feels if it, it fills that void that's missing. They're like, I always thought of Bootcamp Click as like the B side of Wu Tang. Yeah. It's the same concept, same idea, mm -hmm. same, just that they had more groups within the group. Wu-Tang didn't have that, but same idea. And they were trying to be different, too. They were different. They were all very different. Like, if you look at the the, the music videos, they're all being idiots and having fun in it. Uh, it's a good time, man. Yeah. What's next? Uh, next one should also be a good time. Uh, we had an episode dedicated to Wu-Tang last week. We're not done with them just yet. No. Uh, you, you, this duo is on the outside. You can't do a duo list and not have this album and these two on it. Because I, I wouldn't. I know. And that's again, brings us to our argument. A lot of people won't like this. Uh, fuck, I don't give a shit what they like. Blackout, Method Man, and Red Man. Now. Let me just fix my, my <laughs> headphones and my mic to make sure I'm ready for this. Go. My connection to this album... Is the Rock Wilder music video <laughs> from the gloves? With, with the gloves, the white gloves. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was also the Blackout single, which was great. I don't think this is a top one hundred album. I leave this uh, in my hands. Yeah. You gotta be deaf, <laughs> and I mean that with all the disrespect possible, to not see this album in a top one hundred. I cannot wait for me to put it at a, at a number somewhere, and you just being blown away. Because being a huge Method Man fan and being a huge Red Man fan, and being and listening to these two on their solo albums, and then seeing an album together these guys are two different MCs but 
they blend very well. They make a good team. They make a good team. It's like it's like it's like when two of your superheroes go together. That's the way I see this album. Then well, look, when <laughs> I was gonna make a stupid comment Say it. and saying that like this was probably like a Watch the Throne level at like when this came out. Fucking right. People were waiting for this. They were known as a duo, but never had worked. Like, like. In 1999, these two, besides the Jay Zs and the Nas's and all those people, yeah, they were pretty. Uh, they were, they pretty were two of the hottest MCs because of their work as MCs. Their albums, uh, Red Man's Muddy Waters. Uh, what the album? Yeah, uh, Met and Man to Cal, Judgment Day. They had. They had that that light on them, and then you put them two together, and it's like back and forth sparring, but having fun with it. I find yeah, so that that's that's it's a it's meant to be. Yeah, these two guys having fun like, it's like a battle between them two, but a fun battle to see which MC is slicker, with to see which MC is better, and you do have the songs where. One of them is doing one verse and then the next one another verse. Mm. But then you got songs where they're just going back and forth and finishing each other's bars, uh, their lines. You could see that they're having fun with it. I have no idea what the fuck these guys were doing in studio. They must have been high as fuck. But they they had that chemistry to them, which makes the album. It's like it was more like, okay, let's go in and it's just going to be normal for us to do this. But they were going at it and... The, the content, what they're rapping about, sometimes I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to be real honest with you. It's funny. It's repetitive. It's repetitive, but it blends so well. And the beats that they chose, mm-hmm. the beats by uh, Eric Sermon, uh, DJ Scratch. It's almost Scratch. all Eric Sermon. Yeah. Which is, that's part, that's something that I, that I enjoy about it. Hearing Eric Sermon in a different... It's very funky. As, it's very funky. And it, it, it brings that like EPMD later on type sound that like that really funky um that that bap to it that that funk to it that upbeat and just two guys having fun going back and forth and just saying some of the craziest shit because red man on here some of the things he says don't even make sense but but they go so well together and they balance each other so well and we talk about fun when you listen to music you don't want to be depressed and Oh, okay. This is all right. This is good. You want to have fun with an album. You want to be able to go back to it and being like, okay, I'm having fun. I'm still having fun with this album. And going down the line... So it should only be fun. No. It depends your mood. Mm. And this is a moody album because there's some people that listen to music differently. There's some people are going to like different content from albums. And then you're going to just want something fun of just two MCs having fun where it's... It's not serious. Like but you, there's so much of it, and we just said it on Nocturnal, that's not serious. But somehow this album gets buried, and this is... I mean, like we said, this was something that they were both at the height of their popularity when this came out. But I don't hear why this would be something that people would want... People would, would, would praise after it's released, or why... Like... Like, okay, here's a, here's a fact. Uh-huh. After this, the How High album comes out... Uh, the How High uh, movie comes out... It takes years to make Blackout 2, and it's done. Because once Blackout 2 comes out, I mean, the only people that care about it are the few that still cared for Blackout to begin with. 
this is an album that when you listen to it, you're like, okay, I want to see these guys perform this live. Really? I've seen Method Man and Red Man live, and man, every song that they played on this album that I, I I've heard it live, and I was just really happy, like really enjoyable. You like the album? I don't I don't see how hearing this live would be any better than having to sit through the whole thing to begin with. Well, when they come back next time at 45 years old or 50 years old, whatever they are, I'm going to buy us a ticket. We're going to go enjoy the album together. We're... I'm busy. Okay. That's fine. It's just, it does something for me. And it's an album that I'm always going to go back to and be like, fuck, this is great. But look at, okay. Black Star started together. Uh-huh. Okay, right? And then they started going... They did their solo stuff. Am I wrong? Am I right? You're right. Okay. Uh, Smith and Wesson, same thing. Uh, Helta Skelta, same thing. These guys had albums before. So you're hearing them on each other's featurings, mm. on each other's albums. So you're just like, okay, these guys have a good chemistry. Let's see what they can make as an album. What do you think? I get what you're trying to say. You're trying to say they got together, they made an album based off people wanting them to work together, based off hype, based off them being friends, based off being able to tolerate each other and work together. Okay. And being two of the, the hottest MCs at the, time. at the time. What does Watch the Throne do for you when you listen to it today? Uh, depends my mood. Depends my mood, really. There's the songs that stick with me, and then there's mm-hmm. the songs that like, okay, I don't need this song. I don't think albums like this age. I don't think when two people get together to work on an album at ages, and we spoke about it in the first episode about how people get excited when they see, you know, is the Kendrick and J. Cole album coming out? I don't want it. I don't need it. I'm not going to listen to it. No. I don't care for it. Give me, the, like, make your own albums. Make something good. Meth made one great album. You disagree because you wanted this on the list. Yeah. But I find that group albums, when you're working together after or for for popularity, because they were at the height of it. No, fuck it. Make make a good record. You don't find that this. It's like it wasn't forced. It really goes well together. It may not have been forced, but not being forced doesn't mean it's not good. Doesn't make that good. It's not because they didn't have to force the fun out of it or have a good. I, I just think it's not a good record. I think what the, what, the, what the problem is with this, maybe for you, is Met and Red, to me, are top-tier MCs. Mm-hmm. Probably in my top 10, top 20 as mm-hmm. MCs. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is attracts me. Jay-Z and Kanye are top-tier artists for me. I'm over it. So, yeah. I, I just... I, I, I'm going to try and think of some, but we made a duos list and I have nothing like all these, all the duos on this list with the exception of this black star started as black starts. It's, it's a little different, but with the exception of this, none of the duos are duos that formed following solo careers. Yeah. I believe I just don't like this type of, this type of forming a tag team. I don't, if you could do this, like we said with Watch the Throne again, their careers are still very much on the right track and trending up 
always. Mm-hmm. This is pretty much where it drops off for both of them. After this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because their albums after this, I, I find this is their best work. Do you think this killed their career? No. Because maybe to me, I don't care for this album, but you like it. Maybe people that do, like other people that really love this album, this was, plays very high above um, what they had done maybe after their first few albums. And the rest was just, it, it couldn't reach this height again. This is the height of their career. I just find after this, they didn't f- have to focus on music anymore because of how high, because of being actors and all that stuff. So they kind of put music to the side. I, look, I don't know them personally, so I can't really say that, mm. but that's what it looks like. Whatever they did after probably won't be more than a 7 on 10, 7.5 on 10. I'll it becomes content that if you like the artist, you'll like the album, but... You're not gonna like. They 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 didn't go get new fans off their future work. No, and I don't think they do now either. If these guys would put out music now, but like let's let let let's jump into Blackout Two real quick. Mm-hmm. I was excited for that album to come out. I was I, excited too, yeah. right? Because we want to see these two guys together to see what they could bring, what they could do with their rapping abilities. But Blackout Two didn't do. No, it had a couple of solid tracks, and all the yeah. Again, it was to me, like this though, like I, I, I'm not saying this is Blackout Two was as good as this. I'm just saying that same idea. There's a couple of tracks I'll go back to, probably only the singles, and that's about it. But after this, I, I will agree with you that this was where it ended pretty much. After how high the the movie, it was just. Because they became those guys from How High. Yeah. And they were looked at differently. Yeah. And more of actors and funny and, you they, know. They basically made a... They made a gimmick out of what they actually were as artists, I yeah. think. It wasn't intentional. No. What is intentional, though... Is? The next album on our list. Well, I was going to say we should take a break, probably. Okay, let's take a break. And we'll get back to it with the next five on the list. We are back with the second half of the episode. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. When you say we're going on break, do you keep that in? Yeah, leave it in. Okay. I I didn't know what you were doing with that, but okay, that's cool. Um, Like an intermission. That's an intermission. It's a good place for the listener to pause it. At five. At five. Some of them are at four. Some of them, it, it's never the same. It shows I have absolutely no fucking idea what we're doing besides just me talking. <laughs> um, we're going to continue the list. We have five more to go. We split it halfway this week. Um, the next album on the list, uh, when we started our friendship, <laughs> you, uh, you really pushed this album on me. Um, I was shoving it down your throat. Yeah, of. you were really wanting me to hear this. Uh, I'm a bit embarrassed, to be honest. <laughs> um, I've been sleeping. Taking a fucking big, long... Nice snooze on this one. Like More of, more of a, like a like when skunks or bears go into hibernation. Pretty much. Or like a bird nap. S- s- bears. Bears, huh? Um, I'm going to say this. I shouldn't be making this list if I'm saying this. The next album on this list... I'm giving you the spotlight. Go. Yeah, I know. It's hard to do this because I know this is like in your top 
three albums of all time. Might be top two of all time. So top two of all time. And I'm here saying this, admitting this, not admitting it, but saying it for the first time. Um, it took me a long time to get into it. I still see its flaws. Um, I like different things that most people seem to like about this album. Um, the infamous Mob Deep. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't get into this sooner. Um, I mean, it's a, it's an automatic on this list. There's no way it wasn't making the list, but uh, it's it, it's mainly your um, endless love for this album. Okay. That makes this no because I had it on the list. I mean, I'm very well aware that this is one of the best albums ever made. I mean, it's it's near perfect. Uh, an incredible duo. You get the back to back, the contrast between the two that we mentioned on Black Star. You also see in this type of group. But it took me. A, it it admittedly took me a very long time to get into this. Uh, hip-hop staple i'd like to hear what you like about this album and then i'll go okay um the first track off the top i love how the album doesn't start with the intro it starts with the track so you're kind of and it's a track that you feel like would be like a deeper cut on the album somewhere in the middle so as soon as you put it on you kind of feel like you're already in it that's one of the listening things i find that um pulls you in um, I love a lot of the tracks in the middle of the album and that's usually where I start to find some albums get uh, start to drag especially in hip hop when they get repetitive but here it starts at eye for an eye for me eye for a uh, eye sorry uh, give up the goods um, try life Highlight for me. Uh, QU Hectic. Right Back At You. Now, Right Back At You for me was, is the better of the two songs that Ray's on. Just oh, going wow. out there because we, we talk about, uh, a lot of the times you talk about Raekwon's uh, guest spots on this album. I like, I mean, look, the, the Raekwon verse on Eye for Eye is, is, is a classic verse but there's something about the collab like the verse on right back at you now i'm not talking about mob deep i'm talking about another duo that doesn't have an album together and hopefully they don't do an album together because if it botches but ghost and ray perform the verse together <laughs> that's incredible mm -hmm. and i'm sure it's been done by other people and i'm sure it's but they're finishing each other's lines they're cutting each other off the other one's just it's to me, the highlight of the album, and it's not even Mob Deep. Um, Shook Ones, I mean, look, if we're talking hip-hop classic tracks, Shook Ones is a top 10, in my opinion. I think it totally is deserving of its, its status as classic track. My downside on this album is that everything is picked really well. I don't like the Q-tip uh, production. I don't like um, Drink Away the Pain. 
I find it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like right, it it it, it breaks the consistency of the album for me. But seriously, like uh, fast asleep on this. So. Um. First off, I'm done with this. This I is know. all you know. Um, I'm not gonna gloat this album because you really spoke about it well, and I, I gotta say I'm very proud of you right now. You tipped the hat. I tipped the hat. Uh, my heart. I, I just got more love for you on this. Friendship complete. <laughs> Friendship complete. I did my job. Thank you. This is by far, probably one of the, for me, greatest hip hop albums of all time. Uh, rest in peace prodigy I don't care what anybody says but in 1995 when this album came out prodigy as an MC is flawless on this album he's very young too I think he was 18, 19 when this album came out I could be wrong he could have been 20 he could have been 100 years old but as an MC on this album he is flawless the way his voice mixes with Havoc's beats is perfection. Those drum patterns that Havoc uses stand out amazing. And why am I pointing at production? It's because the production that Havoc did on this album are what's used and what producers from now are listening to that one their drums to sound. Kanye West said in an interview that he listens to Havoc's drum patterns and wants his drums to sound like Havoc because of the infamous album. There is no drums that sound this crisp, this clear, that blend so well with a beat. And we cannot forget the production on this album. Survival of the Fittest, huge song. I'm going to go on and say that I do not listen to this album in the summer. I listen to this album September to I would say May. When it's cold. When it's cold, when you need a little jacket, a hoodie. Windbreaker. Windbreaker. Timbaland boots on. This album means so much to me because I remember when I was in high school, I would listen to this on the bus going to school. Uh, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, when when I was on the bus going to school, going home, wherever the hell I was, this album was my comfort zone. This album made me who I am in a way because of how their lyrics were very... They were tough. So... It made me more... Made you want to fight whenever something happened. Yeah, I wasn't scared of anything when I was listening to this album. Honestly, as small as I am, if I would listen to this album, I could probably fight about 100 people. You're always looking for a fight. I love fighting. It's probably because of this album. Might be. But this album means so much to me because of the period of time where I was growing up. And it made me who I am because of the, the, the lyrics and made me tougher and Prodigy's impact which I love to death, really made me the human being I am. And I will always go back to this album. Eye for an Eye. Look at the track list, okay? Mm-hmm. Eye for an Eye has Mob Deep, 
Raekwon and Nas <laughs> with a beat very eerie very drummy very in your face and all these guys stood out lyrically one after another like it was just like bang havoc bang prodigy bang raekwon bang nas all top tier mcs whatever order they came in bang mm-hmm. and it's so grimy that sold that new york hoodie timbaland boots weather it made you tough uh, you got to remember, too, this was right after Elmatic and around the time of Cuban Link. So, like, everyone's onto these guys right now. Where, where's that? Where, like, Elmatic, Cuban Links? You know what this album is? Okay, please don't take this bad. As if you took Elmatic, Cuban Links, and you put it in a fucking blender, add some other shit into it, and bang, this is this album. With perfected lyricism, perfected beats. Up North Trip is probably my favorite song on the album because of the clear storytelling. It was taken off certain versions of the of the uh, yeah. certain pressings too. Yeah, uh, I had the opportunity to see these guys play so many of these songs live in New York. You had right? a chance to meet them too, and I met them, which to me is a was a big bucket list check hmm. off my list. Uh, but this is the album that. You're going to New York, you're going on a road trip to New York, or you're going on a bus tour to New York, or whatever the fuck you're doing in New York. You put this album on, and you feel in New York City. It gives you that feeling. Mm. More than Elmatic, sorry. More than Elmatic. So this is the sound of New York to you? This is the sound of New York to me. It's mob deep. Because a lot of people would say that... A lot of people would say that Elmatic paints the New York sound. New York is... Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't... I mean, because everyone's going to have that one album, like, because New York is so, hip-hop's everywhere, so everyone has that one album that, to them, is New York. Mm-hmm. You would say this one. Big time. Most, a lot of people would say Illmatic. I don't know which one I would say, but I'm letting you go off here. So. Uh, give Up The Goods with Big Noid. Big Noid really <laughs> stood out on this album, too. He wasn't on the their first album. This is somebody from Queens, and really stands out as an MC, as a grimy MC, uh, somebody that fits well with their sound. Uh, the second song, the, the, the infamous prelude, is just Prodigy talking shit. And does it need to be on the album? No, but it, 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 it shows you who they are. These guys are tough guys. These guys are from Queensbridge. They are here to make a, an impact and a sound for you. And they're perfecting a sound. I could go on all day about this, but lyricism and beats and storytelling, to me, a lot of things, there's nothing really comes close to this in hip-hop for me. I like that. I'm happy you got into them, man. I really am. This is the album that you bring, hey, you need to only bring two albums on an island. This is one of the two. I'll figure out the other one later on. You bring two copies? I might bring two copies just in case. I'll bring it on tape and I'll bring it on CD. Where am I going to play the CD? We're going to play the tape. Fuck, nowhere. I'll put it on my iPod. Um, we had a lot of good... You, you, you had a lot of good to say here. You had amazing um, things to say. I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fold on that. Yeah. All right. Suivant next. Suivant next. Um, Fuck, this is another album. So this album, this next album is going to be... 
Um, this next album, I'm going to watch how I say this. Because everyone's going to jump and say, I said this. This is my least favorite of their good albums. This was my, at one point, my favorite yeah. album from them. Yeah, this is my least favorite of their good albums. So you could imagine how good it still is being on the list. We spoke about their debut on our debut episode. Um, I think this one was only, this one was two years later, 96. AT Aliens, Outcast. So why my least favorite of the group? Of, my, of the group uh, of the uh, of their great albums, um, the singles stand out for me. I find this it lacks a couple of it it lacks uh, the deep cuts on this album. It doesn't have um, songs that I'll just revisit that aren't singles because I like them. Millennium's probably the closest deep cut that stands out for me. But if not, I mean, just the intro, the way the intro kicks in. Uh, into two dope boys, AT Aliens, the title track, Wheels of Steel, Jazzy Bell, and Elevators. Right, that that those six right there. That chunk, man. Solid start. Um, that again, sound at the beginning, though, mm. the, the the intro, the You May Die, with that that girl eerie. Yeah, that's nice. Cool. It feels like there's like a horror movie about to start. The other thing, Elevators, me and you, me and you, or just the song, me and you. The song. Okay, I thought you were talking about me. And you you and I, no, 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 no. Our friendship, though. Um, elevators is the inspiration to the drums on the podcast theme song. <laughs> so more sense, please. So this this album that like there's definitely sounds and parts of this album that stand out. Again, organized noise production sounds like they're just fucking jamming and what? it is sampled but it's not heavily like you you, you still kind of get the idea that like I said on the first on the debut album something's being created within a space um, yeah I mean I love this album I think it's great but the way the way the Southern Playalistic finishes the last song mm -hmm. ends with like uh, here's what this direction we're gonna go into this is what we're gonna kinda sound like next like I think they had this all planned out again they were a step ahead on this album these guys were a step Always. ahead musically uh, lyrically all that shit combined they were just a step ahead of everybody they sound different their sound the way they rap sounds really different than southern playlistic they grew it's like it's like it's like a quick growth okay we're gonna do this now but you could still tell like like as i said this is my least favorite of the good albums I re i'm getting repetitive now but because it's kind of a transition like southern playlistic sounded what we said in the episode was that it sounded mature it sounded like they had already done this for a while yeah this one um kind of sounds very much well it, it very much sounds like they're transitioning into the next sound which becomes um it's like it's it, it took this album to perfect the next it's a step it, it's a step into yeah 
their perfect sound. This fucking doesn't like this is totally different than Southern Playlistic. Yeah, I get what you're saying about the transition, but it's it's really it's different. Yeah, yeah. Like they and went, it's risky. Yeah, but they, they kind of were the only ones trying to do something like that. When coming from the south, having that southern style, mm-hmm. then going into like really eerie, like spacey, with again those beats that they chose, what organized noise did, like they were ahead of their game, man. Always. And even lyrically, they don't like what Andre Three Thousand was doing in his first album. He changed totally in this album. Big Boy too, though. They both were extremely mature very quick. Yeah. And Andre 3000 and the title of this album, the way he raps, is goes perfectly together. Yeah, he's from a different planet, the way he raps. Like, when he went up at the Source Awards in 95 or 96 and said, the South has something to say, there you go. Do you remember when we were talking Black Star? I said we don't need another album. Yeah. Black Star was only one album from guys that had solo careers. These guys made it mainly off the group. Do you need another album? From Outcast? There's a part of me that says, please make me another album. But then there's a part of me that says, just fucking leave it at that and just keep listening to these albums. Because when you listen to these albums, every time you listen to them, you love them more. And you find different things out about them. You find like those, those, those small different things that you're like, oh, wow, they did this? Oh, these are some of the first guys that did this kind of sound? Holy shit, Andre 3000 was really rapping like this in 96. So like... These were the first guys that made that type of Kanye album, that type of um, Kendrick album. The albums that touch on different sounds that play with um, transitions that made it really a body of work, an art piece, and not just here's our 16 songs that we recorded in 95. They really made... they, they, They painted a picture for you. What a lot of these albums didn't do when you listen to it it's easy to put an intro at the beginning and an outro at the end but it doesn't mean that what's in between is a concept is a story is a body this is this is and everything they ever did was yeah one step ahead always one step ahead if not I would say a couple more steps ahead and maybe because they had to explain why they were doing certain things they were always frowned like people like they were always questioned for being too this or too that. So a couple of steps ahead, yeah. Before we move on to the next album, mm. do you think Andre 3000 is normal as a rapper? Let's, let, let's, let's, let's really have that do conversation. Do I think he's normal? The way he raps, the way he... I think he's totally normal. Fuck, I don't. I definitely think he's... A, like Andre 3000 is... He's not rapping like the first album at all. Like no, I know, but it's that's the thing. No, 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 no. This is why that the they they always needed to explain because hip hop was closed minded at the time. 
But when you're dealing with Andre 3000, you're dealing with like a bully of hip hop. You're not going to get what everyone's doing. No. And you know what? Big Boy's not far behind. He's more traditional, but he's not every other rapper either. When you think of the South, let's say 95, 96, whatever, South. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to put out an album like this? Or you think they're going to stick to Southern Playlistic? Or do you gonna think they're going to stick to that Southern? Well, I, well we, weren't, we weren't familiar with the scene at the time we were kids. So I don't know what people were expecting. And part of us doing this list is not to go back and say this is what people wanted at the time. The, because we're not. But this is left field. This is uh, left yeah, field. Left, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, see, this is the thing. is When you listen to albums now, hip-hop albums now. Almost everything is left field. Hmm. These guys, like nobody was left field at the time. And these guys did that left field and did it well. Mm-hmm. Andre 3000 sings on this album, right? Um, he may. He may. That's something else. Does he? I think he does. Or he might have started with Aquamanai, but on one of the two, he starts singing. And that really wasn't happening with certain rappers. They, they were scared. They broke the boundaries of trying different things and not being afraid to do it. Well, and him as an MC mm-hmm. is somebody who goes left field and tries different things. Whether it's the way he dresses, whether it's him singing, whether it's his rhyme pattern, he wasn't afraid. There are three albums. I'm jumping ahead and I'm saying this in this episode, even though we're not talking about this album in this episode. There are three albums in hip hop. I stand by this that changed how people make hip-hop pimple butterfly was the latest 2010 my beautiful dark twisted fantasy 2000 stankonia it took 10 years for the next one in my opinion which which became Kanye's to change the way people make albums and even when stankonia came out it was the hits i don't want to talk too much about stankonia i pretty much spoiled that it's going to have its own spot but we'll get back to it This guy, th- th- this group was always changing how they did it. And the sound, and the sound at the time. 96, you're listening to mm. gangster rap, rugged hip-hop, mm. that New York sound, uh, West Coast hip-hop. And then these guys really put South mm-hmm. where it needed to be in their own way. You know how you know that, you know, just transitioning to the next album, because... Uh, we're, we're going into different times of Outcast when we want to save it for another time. When's the first time you heard Killer Mike? Who was ahead of the game? <laughs> Outcast? Hmm? Yeah. Who signed Future? Dungeon Family. Always ahead. Yep. And not afraid to do something different. Srivan next. Srivan next. Sure, we have a lot. We have a couple left. We have three left. Um, uh, it's good because I don't have that much to say about this next album. No, because it's really it's it, it's really straight to the point. Mm. Mecca and the Soul Brother, uh, P Rock, CL Smooth, ninety one, ninety two. You want me to start? You want to take the lead? Uh, I'm gonna take the lead and say, this is hip hop. This is hip hop at the purest form. Pete Rock's production again Pete Rock falls into that top five producers all time 
Uh, I like that you say that because I'm going to segue in once. Uh, go ahead. Pete Rock's production, his uh, his soul, his uh, his jazzy, the way he puts his beats together, and the straight CL smooth hip hop storytelling. Yeah. Point final. Um, this to me is is another version of Gangstar, where I listen to Pete Rock. Um, it's a classic for the production. And it's not that CL Smooth's not a good MC. He just traditionally doesn't really stand out as doing anything out of the ordinary. Monotone. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that reminds me of the 80s type of Rakim, Big Daddy Kane uh, type of uh, type of bars. But this is, we, we comment a lot on albums being too long. Okay. It's fucking long. It's an hour and 17 minutes. Okay. And it's 16 tracks. So usually we complain that there's too many tracks on an album, too many skits, too many that, it gets long, it's this. There aren't many tracks, but every track is four minutes and up, like five, six minutes. So this that. is 92, man. So like 92, they, the songs were long. There was no two-minute songs. There's no three-minute songs. They were really going... I would disagree with that because 80s albums had shorter tracks and shorter and, and shorter run times too. But remember Eric B and Rakim, man, some of their songs were six, seven minutes. Yeah, but there was maybe 10 tracks on an album. That's true. Good call. So I find when you're listening to 16 tracks of the same loop and a core, and sometimes four verses, that's, that's where this album kills it for me. So it's a moody album. I gotta want to hear Pete Rock's production to put it on. And... I want to listen to that storytelling and really sitting back and observing and putting myself in CL Smooth's, like him painting a picture. CL Smooth didn't have a solo career until like 10 years after right. the last P Rock CL Smooth album. So. You're focusing on this album because of production. I am. Yeah. Number one, for sure. And again, this is, an, this is a producer that. People that are producing now, or I would say 2000s as well, are going to go back and listen to how they put songs together. That soul, that jazz, uh, how they put all that stuff together. They use that. They go back to these guys because these guys perfected it. And this 92, this is again, 92 from the 80s, another transition into different sounding hip hop, into different ways of making songs. So it's an album that stands out. Now, am I going to go listen to this album every day? No. It's, Definitely it's, not. No, it's a heavy listen. They reminisce over you, huge hit. Yeah. Um, the beat's iconic. You know it when it comes on. Um, this album didn't do... Like, this album came out in 92. It didn't do so well commercially, despite the single being uh, something we often talk about. But it was well-received uh for the like the critics received it and a lot of people who make uh lists like we made top 100s it's often on it it's it's actually like the biggest lists usually have this on it yeah but it's uh it's a it's a a, a long listen and i don't really think it's game changing it's incredible production by Pete rock it's definitely his best body of work but like I mentioned, it transitions that 80s, 90s, where hip-hop was going 
and what these guys needed to do to transition from the 80s to the 90s, I find. Yeah. No, it's a great record. Uh, but that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I yeah. don't have much more. Let's it's, jump. It's just, it's, it's an easy listen. If you like hip-hop, you'll like it. It's a hip-hop album. It's a hip... Mm-hmm. It's a straight-up, forward, straightforward hip-hop album production storytelling. The next album on the list, we're talking about production. We spoke about Pete Rock being the main reason of this production. This next producer doesn't get... He doesn't have a huge catalog. It's pretty... He pretty much worked with the same people. I think he is one of the most diverse producers. When you listen to him, you will hear all your favorite producers. And some of them didn't even exist when this guy came out. I mean, specifically Madlib. When I listen to this album, there's there's sounds of Madlib that I hear. There are sounds of Pete Rock that I hear. High tech. Underrated producer. We don't hear about him enough. And on this album, Train of Thought. Reflection Eternal, Talib Talib Kweli. Probably, I guess you could call this, it's a duo album because it's rapper-producer, Talib and High Tech. But this is pretty much Talib's debut album, let's say. Yeah. Because, well, it doesn't really matter if he's just with one producer or not, but it's his debut album. People were looking forward to this. He got better lyrically, I think, too. And something I re- that really stands out to me in this album is Talib Kweli changes his flow. Talib Kweli was always good at changing his flow. His voice is particular. You need to like you need to like his voice to get into him. But Talib's not a one-trick pony. I don't know what that means. Like he doesn't just do the same thing. No, but versus what he did in the Black Star album, to his growth. And that's what I love about MCs is their growth through albums. And you could see that he grew well mm-hmm. in this. And that's why I say he changed his flow because he really changed it up on this album. Yeah. On quality, I think he goes a little more back to the Reflection Eternal type of, of rapping. But if you go throughout the rest of his catalog, he kind of... And, and, and a, a, an underrated album of his is the one he does with Mad Lib, Liberation underrated album and he works to me it's one of my favorite Madlib collaborations it's not on our top 100 but you should definitely go hear it if you like Madlib I had I had created like a guide to Madlib five albums and that was on it a little while ago yeah that's cool um and he just he seems like somebody who's easy to work with remember this is one of the guys that would take Kanye beats and use them like heavily on quality Heavily on Eardrum. Eardrum came out around the time where late registration comes out. So Kanye West is taking off and he kind of, I mean, I don't know if he left these guys behind or if they stopped wanting to work with him or what it was, but they worked well together. It's a, it's a lengthy project too. this one, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's about an hour and 15, but like I said, high tech's diverse. Yeah. The beats. It's, it's 65 minutes long. It's not, it's not that long, but like it, it's crazy because there's songs like Blast um, that the Blast are too late. Memories live. There's those Mad Lib sounds. I'm repeating myself. It could come across as a Mad Lib beat. Then we get other beats that'll sound like that New York Queen sound. Big time. 
or you'll get those well there was on the album you'll get those kind of brand nubian jungle brothers type sounds that new york sound it's crazy you say that but cool rap is mm-hmm. a featuring yeah, yeah and when you think of it cool rap and talib kwali together oh what 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 am I gonna get from that duo together? What am I gonna get from these two MCs that are so different? Talib works well with everyone, and their subject matter is different, but they mm-hmm. work so well together. Mm-hmm. And all the other MCs that are on here, they work so well. It like it flows right in. Look, Mo- most Def is on this as well. Another look. We're going again. We're jumping albums, but one of the highlights of Talib's car- career was working with KRS One on Eardrum. UGK on your drum. Country Justin Cousin. Timberlake. Yeah, like Nora Jones. Yeah. Like he's out of the... He could be... He works well. He goes and get all these people and it creates a different sound and it makes him more diverse as an MC. And I think it's too bad that... He addresses this early on in his career too, I think. Like he mentions not being noticed or people not liking his... Um, necessarily his catalog and he even says on one of the another track off his album there's a line that jc repeats what he said was if lyrics sold and truth be told i'd probably be just in rich as famous as jay-z and jay-z took that line and flipped it back and said if skills sold then truth be told i'd probably be lyrically talib kwali so his so Quali's work as a rapper as an MC is recognized amongst the greats it's not he's not disregarded as unfortunately we don't hear much of him I wouldn't call him a nobody but we don't hear much of him but he's not disregarded within the culture he's made a mark with his good albums as an MC as an MC but I, but I do think like there's uh, there's a uh, he 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 has he has a pretty solid catalog and he's diverse. His first four albums and the Madlib one. And Wait, Mad when Lib you one. say first four, you're counting Black Star, right? Uh, yeah. Black Star, Train of Thought, Quality, Eardrum. Beautiful Struggle is the one that I'm iffy on. Yeah, Eardrum's a little better, and 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 then the Liberation album with Madlib. But yeah, solid album. I think we can jump to the last album. And it aged those. really well. Before we jump off, it's it's aged really well. So if you want something new you didn't necessarily hear yet, but something that touches on a lot of different sounds and is still great, you got to check out Train of Thought. This came out in 2000. Hip-hop was changing in 2000. Yeah. It was becoming more club bangers, club hits, uh it was becoming more of like, like the sound was more like flashy lights, more out there. Uh, and he stick. He tried, but no, well, he kind of, tr- there are tracks that try. Yeah, but he, he stuck to his guns and his positive subject matter. And he wanted to make a change to, for the culture. Yeah. So let's end it with that. With that and Jump into the last album. Last album on this list. The last album on this list ties into an album we spoke about earlier, Helter Skelter Nocturnal. Now we got Smith and Wes in The Shining. Last album on the list, good way to end it off. 
Yeah. Um, I'll start by saying this is another album. This one was 95, so it's not the, it's not, this was more like in the, in the realm of like the, the infamous and the Wu-Tang stuff going on. But this album is another one that doesn't stick to one sound, I find. You have the type of grimy uh, Queens type beats. And again, you get the more positive stuff towards the end. And what they used as samples. Yeah. That, yeah. that reggae sample that was used throughout the album fits really well. And they really stamped that with their sound. They, yeah, they did. Like, I hear it with other people. Look at Kanye actually sampled, what's the song? Sandboy Burial mm-hmm. on Mercy. Mm-hmm. That sound. Well, that came from another sample. I think yeah, it's a Buju Banton song. But the way these guys were sampling that type of sound made other producers sample it going further down the line. Smith & Wesson's uh, underground style stood out. Uh, the Tim Boots, mm-hmm. the, the grimy ego really makes this album what it is it's it's very dark as well that was a theme i think with the boot camp guys uh nocturnal helta skelta and this black moon's a little dark too but yeah this and and nocturnal specifically were um they are dark uh there are there yeah but this is the type of album that you need like well, like mentioned with uh, with with Skelta's Nocturnal is it's not it's not commercially successful. It's not in your face what was being thrown at you. These guys are underground guys. These guys are underground hip hops. They're using things that not other MCs are using, not other sounds other groups are using. It's the sound that you want. It's that balance between commercial and that poppy hip hop. This is what really stuck out. This is what made them who they are. Mm-hmm. And they're going back and forth. And both of their voices sound very different from one another. One has a more high pitch. The other one has a more rugged, raspier sound. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love duos. Because they're back and forth. And these guys did really well with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I think the 10 groups on the, uh, on the list today did that. And did it well. The best thing of this album is it all sounds jumpy, upbeat anthems. It makes you want to oh, yeah, jump. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Bucked. Makes you want to jump. It's like it, it's like all hip-hop anthems. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave it at that for this album. Yeah. So on this, what is your favorite out of these 10? What is your favorite out of these 10? I'm going to ask you the question this week. Um, it was going in. It is going out. Black Star. Um, as you said, in the debut albums, the most deaf to me was uh, a rapper I really like and I find is underrated within hip-hop. I find even the middle of his catalog is not... Um, respected enough quality we just touched on with uh 
during the Reflection Eternal talk, a good catalog, um, not something people talk about nearly enough. It's over. It's it's people skip right over it. If you don't know Black Star, you should probably check that out. I feel like both of them give arguably their best bodies of work. Um, as we said on all the albums, the back and forth is interesting. They're both very different. So you'll get a taste of... You'll quickly know if there's one you prefer or not. Production by High Tech. I, I kept it till the end. Underrated. I feel like... Uh, his, 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 his capability to touch on a bit of everything is looked... It, it, in hip hop, your your sound when you hear a premiere beat, when you hear a Pete Rock beat, you know right away. Even in later hip hop, but when you hear a Q Tip beat, when you hear a Kanye beat, you could talk about current current producers. When you hear them, you know. Well, now they put their their ad lib at the beginning, so you definitely know. But when you hear a high tech beat, it doesn't cry high tech. And I think, unfortunately, that hurt him because everyone was looking to make their own sound. And he was able to do a lot of it very well. The subject matter for Black Star and the way the album is put together is being spoken about in, in school, university. I actually know somebody that was taking a hip-hop class and one of the subject matters and they needed to write a paper was on Black Star. The subject matter um, is still very, maybe not, yeah, it's still very relevant. Today, yeah. What I like that they're doing about it is that they're shooting it back and forth. It's an intelligent exchange of dialogue between two guys that do it very well and it's not just, look, I'm not hating on it, but it's not just the Method Man, Red Man back and forth shooting the shit. It's guys that are um, throwing knowledge back and forth. And it's good to hear. Yeah, really fun album. Duos in just general. It's just that chemistry between two people. I know your favorite, but you got to say it. I don't want to cry like I did before. Infamous Mob Deep. I'm not gonna go back and explain you why, but if you I think want, you made it clear. If you want that New York sound, please go listen. So we're gonna recap uh, the ten that we spoke about this week, real quick. Um, once again, duos: Black Star, Most Def and Talib Kweli, or Black Star, Gangstar, Moment of Truth, and Hard to Earn, or Hard to Earn, and then Moment of Truth. Uh, Helta Skelta, Nocturnal. Method Man and Red Man, Blackout, Mob Deep, The Infamous, Outcast, Italians, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, Mecca and the Soul Brother, Reflection Eternal, Train of Thought, and Smith and Wesson, The Shine. Next week's episode, because we didn't bring it to you yet, um, we're going. We're gonna go southern next week. Yeah, I like that. Let's let's go the southern route. Um, we're gonna throw some in there that some of the some of those albums that are usually deeper cuts on this type of list, um, albums that you may have heard as of late. There's been kind of a resurgence of the South uh, with Juicy J and uh, UGK 
got big again uh, in the last in the last decade. UGK Sound was pretty much uh, came back around. This is the big influence for the sound right now, and I would say starting 2009, 2010, and mm. going forward till now. So please get ready for that Southern talk, the biggest influences of what is going on right now. Get ready. I might scream on this episode. Thank you guys for all your support. Uh, it means a lot to us. If you don't like what we're talking about, I'm sorry for you. Um, please give us your feedback, uh, not only on my page, but on the All Time Pod Instagram Give us your feedback, your opinion, what you guys would like to see, your top album of yeah, that yeah, episode. Yeah, like what I, what I liked uh, was um, I like seeing a bit of feedback in the comments. So if you guys have uh, things you want to shoot out there, I want to see what you guys, what your favorite album of that week is. Yeah, and we will be posting also two albums uh, every week to see what you guys would pick those two albums versus each other yeah. like we did with a bunch of them already yeah it's uh it's fun to just to see uh the popular opinion uh thanks thanks for checking it out uh see you next week see you next week